0: You are listening to the Therefore a Geek Podcast, episode number 23.
1: She's got a good job. She works hard for the money. She looks like a model, like a Brave Boy Bunny. She likes comic books and video games. She even plays Warhammer 40k. But she will sit down like Firefly. That's why I had to say goodbye. Now sit down like Firefly.
0: No, no, no. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Therefore a Geek. I'm Andrew,
1: and, and I'm Mikey. Wait, yeah. no, I'm not a regular cast member. We should do that again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so today we are joined uh, by Mikey Mason. Uh, we are at Mars Con. Uh, Tracy's not with us because she is uh, under the weather, and uh, we will miss her. But we will continue forth.
1: Absolutely, here in beautiful Williams Colonial Williamsburg, Virginia.
0: Yeah, so uh, I'd I'd like to thank Mikey for coming out, and um, most people don't realize that we recorded a podcast with Mikey (laughs) a few months ago, and everything went really well, uh, except my portion of the audio disappeared, I have no idea what happened to it, But, uh, so I was
1: amazing I was charming we should just left it at that you should just memorialize it and then not actually have me on and let me not live <laughs> up
0: to it well I, you know I, I think I think what I may do at the end is uh is is add a little bit of bonus material oh. um of 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 some of some of your your uh, responses to questions well in that
1: case I was adequate and <laughs> <laughs>
0: playing down playing down I. so i mean thanks for coming out again
1: thanks for having me welcome to marscon We're sitting here with my, uh, I have a Nick puppet. Anybody who knows my stuff might know that I have a song called me and Alan Moore's beard, and the first thing that happened when I was at the con is somebody came up and gave me a doozer, which is another thing with me, but, um, <laughs> and that made my day, and then Laird D'Souza, from Least I Could Do in Looking for Group, saw the picture that I posted of the, the doozer, and then drew a caricature of me as a doozer and posted it. And oh, so that's, that's, like,
0: that's where they came from, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's
1: Laird D'Souza, man, I mean, that's awesome, you yeah. know, De D'Souza's doing your, your profile pics, uh, you feel like you've made it. Or at least not telling you to take that down. That's, <laughs> <laughs> but he, he you know actually intended for that doozer to look like me, and so that's so uh, so ego inflating. And then some guy comes up, not some guy, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's Wade <laughs> Cottrell, and I know him. I've, I've seen him multiple times at this con. He does uh, special effects makeup. And prop design and stuff, and he uh, he he says, "I've got something for you." We go back to his room, and he's got this uh, Nick pup Nick is Alan Moore's beard. It's a song. It's a song called "Me and Alan Moore's Beard." In the song, uh, Alan's Alan Moore's beard is a sentient beard that is freestanding and moves of its own volition. Only in the song. Only well, I. <laughs> I, I'm not allowed to comment on that. Um yes, it's purely fiction. <laughs> and uh so he made me a, a Nick puppet to ride around on my neck and he's got the evil grin. There's a me and Alan Moore's beard coloring book that came apart uh came about as part of the uh uh Kickstarter bonus material for uh, Barbarian Jetpack, which is the second album I did, which is not the album that has me and Alan beard on it. But anyway, <laughs> it was a me and Alan beard coloring and activity book. And he took the centerfold, which was a color and cut out nick right that you could take on your own adventures and used it as a template for this so he's even got the smile he looks like a, a puppet version of the the coloring book it's that's awesome. awesome
0: yeah no, that's it's pretty pretty spectacular it's even got its own con badge yeah well con staff when they see you walking around with a nick go the hey you know who he needs what a badge yes he <laughs> does very nice so uh for those of you who don't know mikey is uh shame on you yeah, yeah. no wait uh no 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 you're right um <laughs> Mikey is probably best known as the uh, "She Don't Like Firefly" guy, but in general, Mikey is a a comedian. Yep. And I think you've got the the best description of your own job. I, I, I tell dick jokes to middle America. That's my job. I uh, I do uh, long haul
1: trucking without a cargo and tell dick jokes. I'm a middle management t shirt salesman. Is what I am. No, I do. I tell dick jokes to middle America. Uh, work comedy clubs. It's my full time job. My aspiring goal, the goal I aspire to, is to tell slightly more intellectual dick jokes to geeks. Because, um, you know, I grew up white trash. I didn't know, you know, that I could be a geek and white trash growing up. And then life happened. And I re- My brother brought home Redbox D&D. True story. There's this, I have a song called Summer of 83. It's a parody of Summer of 69. Now, I don't do a lot of parodies, uh, but I probably do more parodies than most guys who say they don't do a lot of parodies. <laughs> um, so I don't want to be hypocritical. I'm just going to be honest. Every word in Summer of 83 is true. It's gospel. It's absolute truth. Nice. You know. Uh, including that first the gaming sessions in summer of 83 was me my brother and this kid named terry in our front yard and then uh seventh grade terry found girls and he didn't want to play D no more <laughs> 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 and so we had to find another gaming you know another gaming group and uh and it just grew from there but um yeah i don't know what brought me onto that <laughs> I have no idea oh yeah so that that was kind of my introduction to geekdom I mean I kind of knew I was a geek before then I'd seen Star Wars it was my first movie in a theater I'd seen Tron I loved it um, you know I, I realized that I love all the things that are science fiction and fantasy and all the geeky stuff I just didn't know you could be you know trailer trash and a geek at the same time until you know I guess the large Hadron Collider came out but uh, <laughs> You know that that that's white trash NASCAR, right? The Large Hadron Collider. I'm gonna put this. I'm, I'm gonna race these two subatomic particles in opposite directions at the speed of light. Hopefully, they'll crash on the other side. Woo! Give me a beer, Billy. Uh, anyway,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm ever gonna see anything come out of out of CERN or the Large Hadron Collider the same way again. Well, yeah, that's those, pretty. That's pretty spectacular. Those aren't
1: French accents. <laughs> that's. <laughs> <laughs> that's white trash European no
0: so that's what we're, that, that's what we're exporting
1: <laughs> as soon as they learn to get a sponsorship on a quark we're done <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean they're getting they're getting I mean if you look at some of those NASCAR cars I and mean, they're getting pretty close to you know subatomic size yeah maximum coverage <laughs> <laughs> so yeah
1: maybe certain certain should sponsor a NASCAR there you go uh, <laughs> but <laughs> But it would have to be the one that runs the opposite way on the track in hope of creating a God particle um, when it crashes. Anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you said something a moment ago that you might be onto something. Maybe in addition to your comedy, you throw in some long haul trucking, actual long haul trucking. It
1: would be, you know, that <laughs> <laughs> it, seems, it
0: seems to be kind of a natural fit now that you say it. It would be
1: inconvenient, um, <laughs> I think. Uh, the, the trucking companies would probably be mad that I'd be stopping to do comedy. Uh, I have friends who are truckers, uh, George and, and 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 David and Jeremy and and Steve. Hi guys! And uh, they call and we talk uh, on the phone a lot when I'm on the road because yeah. you you can pass four hours really easy when everybody's sitting around and joking. And uh, and and George has told me that I'm an honorary trucker because I spend about as much time in a behind the wheel as many trucker. Not as much as he does. Not as much as as Hobbit does, Jeremy does. But uh you know, I put sixty to eighty thousand miles on my car a year and I know wow. that's very low end for a trucker, but
0: Yeah, but that's still that's that's an incredible amount of travel.
1: That's a road comic, man. That's what we do. Yeah. Our cars smell like farts. That you know, if you want to know why a road comic has an air freshener in his car, it's cause his car smells like ass <laughs> the whole time. It's nothing but ass. And we
0: don't notice it until we get out of the car and then we get back into the car and we go, Oh dear God, I reek yeah, I've had, I had had a moment. I don't know what I don't know what I ate, but it was one of those like I'm sitting in the car and suddenly I'm like, am I like suicidal? I feel like I'm trying to kill myself with by asphyxiation. <laughs> yes. I was like, what What is wrong with me? Is there a leak in the exhaust system? <laughs> it's <laughs> it's like, oh, oh no, oh no, that's me. Oh God.
1: <laughs> is there a carbon monoxide? Did somebody release a great olden one? What is this? <laughs> yeah. Is this the
0: smell of madness? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so. Most of your most of your comedy is at least I haven't heard, heard your your normal routines, but your geek comedy is mostly uh, musical.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, and it, you know, I uh, on the geek comedy, I do more music than I do in the in the my nightclub act is what I call it. But uh, my nightclub act is kind of uh, like uh, VH1 storytellers or MTV unplugged. Okay, yeah. So there's uh, a lot of guitar comics will either will either do nothing but music, or they will do a lot of stand up and a little music or a lot of music and a little stand-up and it goes in that order um but what i do is i come on stage uh first thing i do is put on my guitar and start with a song and then that goes into a bit which turns into another song which turns into another bit and it just barrels forward so it's got its own momentum in life and a through line even though the songs are different
0: nice so as you like I said before, you're, you're most known for the being I mean, the she Won't, she don't like Firefly guy.
1: Yeah, and second best uh, would be best game ever. But yeah, oh, if, I love that it, song. If you know me, it's either it's probably either from She Don't Like Firefly or Best Game Ever.
0: So I wonder like where She Don't Like Firefly came from. Um, I tried
1: right, true confessions. I tried to watch Firefly when it first came out. <clears throat> and uh, I didn't like it, and <laughs> and I blame Fox because they showed the third episode first, and so The Train Job was technically the third episode. So immediately I was kind of lost and didn't know the characters. and The Train Job is a bad introduction to the characters. Yeah. Uh, so I think I tried to watch it twice and didn't like it, and I didn't get the theme song. I'm like, why is it a Western in space, you know, and it was just the wrong time for me. Uh, I had bad taste then, I guess. So later on, I became a, a full-time, sta- well, I wasn't a full-time stand-up comic. I was still just a part-time stand-up comic, but I got my first gig in the Bahamas. And a buddy of mine, Ty, who's the bartender in the She Don't Like Firefly video, and also uh, one of the co-hosts on my soon-to-be-relaunched podcast, Beer Powered Time Machine. Nice. Um, he was a big Firefly fan and told me that I should watch it, and he sent the, uh, the box set home with me. Well, it had stayed home with me for two or three weeks before I left for the Bahamas. And he said, uh, and then I left for the Bahamas, and I was gone for two weeks. So I had the thing for five weeks. I took it with me to the Bahamas, and I never watched (laughs) any of it. Because really, you know, I was thinking I You're might get Bahamas. bored, but I was in the Bahamas, man. I'm not <laughs> going to be bored. You know, a bottle of, or, sorry, a can of pop in the Bahamas is $4. A bottle of water in the Bahamas is $5. A pint of rum in the Bahamas is $1.44 with no tax. Yeah. Yeah. So I was not bored in the Bahamas. <laughs> <laughs> I barely noticed I was in the Bahamas. <laughs> Very nice. Um and then I get home, and, and Ty calls and says, "Hey, yeah, have you, have you, are you finished with that box set yet? Because I kind of want it back." <laughs> I'm like, uh, uh, "Actually, I haven't started it yet." He goes, "Well, you know, bring it back." And I said, "Let me, let me watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me, give me a day, and I'll bring." Because <laughs> I felt like a dick because I hadn't watched right. it yet, so I pop it in. And in the first episode, you know, they the first time I saw Wash, it's maybe three minutes, four minutes into the episode, right? Where he's it's the curse, your sudden but inevitable trail scene. And as soon as I saw that, I was hooked. Wash is my dude. If I was in space, I would totally be going out of my mind, bored, you know, because there's not a dollar for you know dollar forty four a pint rum in in space.
0: No, no, not so much.
1: <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'd be playing with plastic dinosaurs, and and I was hooked. And I watched that series in a day that was a bit it was my first binge watch of anything oh. and then i took it back to him and it, we were joking around at the bar uh the fickle peach which is my favorite bar and it's where a lot of the beer powered time machines are have been recorded traditionally and it's where the she don't like firefly video intro and end was we were, uh, were recorded but um we were joking around, and, and I, I threw off a lot. We were talking about some girl who had broke up with a guy or whatever, and how cold she was. I said, "She's so cold. She didn't even cry when Wash died," and and to a brown coat, that's pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> and to a muggle, that's not that funny. No, <laughs> or whatever. So, um, but I was like, I got to write a song about this. So I wrote a song, and it sounded a lot like Alabama, like the the you know the country band. Yeah, she don't like Firefly. She didn't even cry when washed died. If you want to hear it, buy it on Bandcamp. You can buy the uh, the Impotent Nerd Rage album on Bandcamp. The demo is a bonus track, so oh, you get cool. to hear the uh, Alabama version of it. And then I, I, you know, I was like, no, that's just that's not what I need. And so I, I was at a rest area in West Virginia the first time I sang the line uh, the way it should be, and I sang it into my phone because i was like that's how it should be nice and uh it's a rest area in west virginia that's shaped like pyramids so if you've been to that one you know which one it is (laughs) long haul truckers know and um (laughs) so i came home and i recorded it uh you know like a nickelback song or whatever (laughs) however you want to put it Mm -hmm. and then i uh called up ty and and said we need i need to do a video for this i want you to help me out and then we talked about i said i I need a a beautiful girl and he introduced me to carrie and uh so carrie uh came in and did the uh did the video and it was it was awesome we did it the shot the the video at ty's house and i edited it that night and posted it the next day and uh then went to fear the con that weekend and by the time i got home from fear the con it
0: was you know two hundred thousand views Nice. Was nuts. Yeah, and that that was that was my first introduction to you. Was uh, they showed it at Can't Stop the uh, Can't Stop the Serenity? Oh yeah. uh, Event in Norfolk that year. Yeah. And then you were there the next next year. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, Dave uh, Cato used to run the
1: the Can't Stop the Serenity there, uh, and that year he contacted me and said, "Can I get a copy of this? I love this." And I said, "Yeah, can I?" Yeah, and I sent him a copy of the video, and they ran it. And the next year, he you know found me at uh i believe at mars con at read this oh, nice. con he came to this con to see me and talk to me and and get me to play his event and and i came out and i've been at every can't stop the Trinity in norfolk since
0: yeah so i mean and then a lot of fun i really i really enjoy going to those and 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 certainly enjoy having you as part of it well he thinks
1: that uh i make it a better experience for everybody uh I agree. I certainly make it a different experience than several can't stop the Serenities but a lot of people just want to see the movie, man, and and enjoy some company of fellow brown coats and be good, you know, uh donating money to a good cause to yeah. you know, quality and hour and whatever local charity that they're working through. So uh but I like to think that I I give a, a a different show dynamic when I go. I you know, have the audience singing along to stuff and Oh yeah. and uh go a little crazy.
0: No, it's fun. Introduce and, uh, children
1: to some new words.
0: You know, whenever possible.
1: Really. <laughs> I'm expanding vocabularies. That's what I'm it's doing. It's educational. One four-letter word at a time.
0: <laughs> now, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong. You, you used to work with kids before you started doing the whole comedy
1: thing, right? For ten years, for a decade, I worked with at-risk youth at a facility that I still like. So I won't sully the reputation by <laughs> by you know announcing my involvement with them. But they were very um, they they award-winning, prestigious. Uh, facility uh where at risk youth were housed, so I spent a lot of time shaping i uh, fixing uh uh programming errors in children is what i the way i, <laughs> I, I 'm a child reprogrammer that 's an interesting way to put it i like that if if a parent screws up the programming or whatever that's <laughs> sometimes it 's a hardware malfunction there 's not a whole lot we can do about no, it. But, yeah, uh, but uh but if it's a, if it's a, if it 's a programming error we can we can do a lot to fix that Very? until we put it back with the prime programmer.
0: Uh, they'll just screw it up again. Very nice. So, huh? so I've got a, a little bit of a little bit a little bit of a question, uh, advice, if you will. Uh oh. So I am getting ready to uh, to start off a a role playing group. Okay. Yeah. And you are a a uh, long time role player since uh, well let's be honest before I was born. Thirty two years. Also, <laughs> because if you showed it in eighty three, you got a couple of years on me there. Yeah. Thir- oh wow. is
1: it three? Eighty three. Is it for it thirty three th- years now?
0: Yeah. Isn't it? 30, uh, no, you're right, 31. thirty-two, 31.
1: thirty two. Thirty 32 something. It's math. It's maths. It's math yep. years.
0: Thirty-two. Um, but so uh, I, I will actually be uh, be GMing the game. Um, oh, have you done that before? I have not. None of it. Pretty much none of us have played before. So okay, you well has you're good. to. You're fine.
1: Somebody has to be the GM.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, so do you have any any GM advice? Listen to Fear the Boot. Fear the Boot.
1: Okay. <laughs> At feartheboot.com. Thanks, Dan. You're welcome. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, now they give great advice. Um, don't be a pushover. There are two types of, of DMs or GMs. Um, well, sorry. There are more than two types. There are two primary tropes of gms you're either known as the monty hall gm or the player killer gm um and you don't want to be either one of those you want to you want to be neutral and in service of a good story that's what you want everybody at the table has to have fun so you got to figure out what's going to make it fun for your players okay um and yes i'll tell you now uh as a kid or your first time Destroying everything and never losing and never having a struggle seems really great the first couple of sessions, and then it gets old. It's boring. It's like I am awesome. I can't be defeated. And by you know, after two sessions, you're like I am awesome. I can't be defeated. You know. And but if if you give them a struggle, if you if, you know something that that hurts a little bit, my nine year old son just had his first. Uh, it was a few months ago. Well, it was about six months ago. His first player death oh sorry player death he didn't die his first character death. <laughs> wow that would suck I'm a, I'm a harsh dm i'm a player killer dm <laughs> that's what i am well, i'm like well you're sonna, playing your character wrong <laughs>
0: well son i loved you but
1: <laughs> you shouldn't have been a half gnome thief mage assassin <laughs> um <laughs> half orc half elf monk illusionist but um no, he he plays a dwarven monk, and we play Castles and Crusades, which sounds like a D and D knockoff, and I know those are harsh words. Um, and to some extent it is kind of a D and D knockoff, but it was the game that Gary Gygax spent the last seven years of his life working on, so um it plays like a cross between basic and first and a little bit of second edition thrown in and uh And with a mechanic that makes everything work better, and there's a feeling you get the first time you play where everything is new and you don't necessarily know what you're facing against. And I've been able to recreate that feeling in myself through my kids watching them play. Awesome. So that's the game system that I personally use, but I use a lot of different game systems too. Some are very story stick, um, very rules light games. But, uh, yeah, just remember you're there to make it uh, challenging and fun for everybody, and you're part of the group. It has to be fun for you. Because if it's not fun for you, don't play. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. The other thing is that uh, your players don't know what they want yet. And I'll tell you that. Even players, and asking them what they want is different than watching them and observing what they actively enjoy. Yeah, Um, okay. There was uh, Malcolm Gladwell. You know who Malcolm Gladwell Uh, is? I don't actually. He does a lot of uh, 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 high-minded research. You know, he's a liberal intellectual, okay. and um, he did a TED talk in which he talked about uh, he, he talked about uh, spaghetti sauce and uh, ragu and Prego, For a long time, uh, I can't remember which one. I think it was Prego was like higher quality ingredients or whatever. Or no, yeah, yeah. I one, think, of I was, think you're right. Yeah, one was distinctly higher quality ingredients, but the other had the market share. And uh, so they spent all this money on uh, market research. And so a guy went in and he, you know, they, he did uh, surveys. What do you like in your, you know, and everybody would give the same thing. And then he what he started doing was giving everybody 10 samples of spaghetti sauce and they'd be slightly different. Some would be spicy, some would be meaty, some would be chunky, and blah, blah, blah. So when he, when he came out of the thing, he said, people want three things out of spaghetti sauce. They either want it spicy or they wanted, uh, I can't remember what one was. The third one was Chunky. Nobody had ever thought of Chunky. Nobody ever answered Chunky on on the surveys. When you ask somebody what they wanted from spaghetti sauce, they said, nobody ever answered Chunky. Right. So he, he said, what I want you to do is put out a line of Chunky spaghetti sauce. And they said, but nobody's ever said that. He goes, just put out the line of Chunky Spaghetti Sauce. And the next year, they cornered the market share. Wow. And now there are Chunky Spaghetti Sauces everywhere. Because, I like Chunky Spaghetti Sauce. Right. But <laughs> but you never knew you liked it until it was out there. Because right. what you didn't, you know, when somebody says, what do you want out of a Spaghetti Sauce? Well, I want it to be tomatoey and zesty and flavorful and meaty or whatever. And then, uh, but people didn't say, I want Chunky. But he figured out through the the research through watching people eat. He had them rate which ones they liked. He didn't say, what did you like about it? He said, which ones did you like? And it was the chunky ones. And the, they come out with chunky spaghetti sauces and all of a sudden they take the market share. And oh. uh, so I don't think that people always know what they want or how to say what they want, but you can observe them and figure out what they want. And player feedback is important. What did you like about the game? What didn't you like about the game? Shut up. I was the only time who spent prep time running the game. Fuck you. <laughs> wait no uh, <laughs> anyway yes nice make
0: it fun okay I think the only thing I've been asking asking the players so far is what classes are you playing ah just so I can get a basic idea for, for story hooks okay uh, are, are you guys going to make the characters at the table together um we're going to end up doing them kind of individually because so I'm, I'm going to do but you're going to be present for the creation of the yes
1: alright fear the boot um fear the boot suggests that you do a thing called a group template. Because what you don't want to do is you all meet in a bar and decide to hang out together. Have them all know each other before the game starts. Have all the characters know each other before the game starts. Have them have a reason to be together before the game starts. Which means that they should have designated... not really strict roles within the party, but, uh, you know, you're, you're going to need a healer. Somebody needs to be a healer. Right. Somebody needs to be a a, a tank or a fighter. Somebody needs to be the uh damage per second guy in video games terms. <laughs> you know, you got to be the magic user or the right. or the the archer, ranger or whatever. So, but you got to have a healer and somebody should probably be the the rogue, sneaky person, but it depends on your group. But if you have a group of four fighters you go against Thief Mansion, you're going to die. If you, <laughs> you know yeah. four magic users going against Fightor the Magnificent if they're, you know, if they're low enough level magic users, they're dead. It's
0: a yeah. We're we're actually doing um, the, the Star Wars role playing from Witch of the Coast put out a few years back. Ah, yes, Space um, Opera. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, we're all pretty well Star Wars fans, so it, it works out. And we tried doing Pathfinder, and just we weren't we, we couldn't get our all get ourselves like real real into it. So we're like, oh, I'll right, try this instead.
1: Yeah. Well, if you're um, all Star Wars
0: fans, that's I mean, you start off with what you like. Yeah. So um, I, I think so far, so far the people the, the, like the classes people have talked about playing. So far, we have got a decent, decent mix. How many of them said, "I want to be a Jedi"? One. Only one. Only one. That's
1: surprising, because normally it's everybody going, "I want to be a Jedi. I want a lightsaber. I want to kill everything. I'm going to go straight for Vader." Uh,
0: <laughs> no, in fact, most of, most most of my people want to like run around and just shoot shoot stuff. Ah, uh, oh, here's here's some advice,
1: because uh, you're playing in a pre-existing game world. Right. Don't let them meet any of their heroes, or any of their most dreaded villains. None. Zero. You know, those stories have been told. Make your own stories. Make make that stuff background stuff that happens around them. Okay. You know, maybe they see, you know, Han Solo fly past. you You maybe see Millennium Falcon fly past. But only if there's no way they can engage it. Remember that, because if there's any way they can engage it, somebody's going to want to kill Han Solo or befriend Han Solo, and they will never get to talk to Han Solo. I mean, you have to make sure they don't talk to Han Solo. Uh, And when you do this, you know, they have to agree that you're the game master, so if you say something is happening that is not in the Star Wars canon, because you're like, that never happened, that wasn't the bartender's name in Tatooine, (laughs) you know? And you're like, no, 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 this is not the movie, this is my game. Right. Play the game. Okay. Sound advice. So yeah, I, I'm a
0: I'm a bitter game master. <laughs> I'm a dick. You, you, no, you have you have experience and practice. I'm jaded. <laughs> right? and, and 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 you've had to beat beat down characters every now and again. It's not that. It's just that you. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs>
1: There are, there are players who want to get into it as much as you do and write backstory and, and all this stuff, and then there are players who basically want you to make their character and show up at the game and you'll have done everything, and then they'll find things to nitpick, and you're like, dude, you just showed up.
0: Right. You know? There are good players, and then there are Georges.
1: Mm. If you're in a gaming group and you don't know who the George is, it's you. And if you don't get that joke, go to, uh, go to mikeymason.bandcamp.com and listen to Best Game Ever.
0: So here's a question. So uh I keep saying here's a question.
1: <laughs> I like the announcement. I like it's like a wind up. It's like Is I see it, the, here's it, the
0: pitch. It's a warning. <laughs> <laughs> Brace yourself here something stupid.
1: Is it a slider? Is it a curve? I don't know. Let's find out. Here's the pitch, money.
0: Is it possible to have a whole a whole gaming group of Georges? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh
1: yeah. Hey, everyone, including the Game Master, can be George all at the same time. And oh, sometimes God. that's fun. Sometimes it's fun to just be stupid. And then sometimes it is just a clusterfuck. <laughs> hey, by the way, can I cuss on your show? Absolutely. All right, just checking. Because <laughs> I've been doing it. We've and got an explicit
0: uh, tag for a reason.
1: Okay, good, good. Anal monkey fisting.
0: But <laughs> I've <laughs> About a third of the way through a podcast a couple months ago, uh, it was the uh, our, our convention story podcast, mm-hmm. and I have w- one of my roommates on who, who who's gone to most of the conventions with me. And uh, about halfway through, he realized he could curse and just went nuts with it. Oh. <laughs> he was very he was very excited as soon as he found that out. It also helped because we were telling stories about like you know strippers and things like that. So, oh, stripper story. Hey,
1: can I be pedantic, man, for a minute? Sure, pedantic man. <laughs> Um, so I know that uh, podcast has come to mean in the colloquialism an audio show distributed by an RSS feed on the Internet. But I was in a panel with podcasting's Rich Siegfried last week, and he's been in podcasting since, uh, I don't know, since dinosaurs could use their tiny arms to activate a computer, <laughs> I guess. And he made it clear on, the, on a podcasting panel that a podcast is any digital file format distributed by an RSS feed audio podcast, visual pod, there are video podcasts, there are uh, PDFs or, you know, document files or even just images is technically a podcast. And uh, so that is, it, you know, inspired pedant, Mikey, to take umbrage every time somebody uses podcast in the exact same way that I use the word podcast <laughs> to mean an audio show. Uh, so essentially it's a uh, spurned a sense of self-loathing. And thanks, Rich. I hate you too. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So anyway, Yeah.
0: <laughs> Stripper stories. No, they were good. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. It wasn't a stripper. It was a playmate, Playboy Playmate. Oh, not the same. No, but still really good.
1: I remember my first time at a strip club. Uh, there was a, a waitress there who stripped sometimes but didn't like it much. But my brother offered her a dollar for every piercing she showed me. And she showed me. Well, sorry. He gave her $21 and she didn't take off her panties. Wow. And he said she could have made some more money. Wow. <laughs> so he gave her $21. <laughs> I remember that.
0: <laughs> and she kept her panties on. <laughs> I I try not remembering my first stripper or my first trip to a strip club. It was not pleasant.
1: A lot of people put strip clubs down. Some pe- some guys will say something like uh going to a strip club is like going to a buffet and not being able to eat anything on the buffet. And I'm like, well, that's only if you think that the end goal of a strip club is to have sex with a stripper. If you go to a strip (laughs) club thinking I'm going to drink beer and look at naked women, then going to a strip club is a lot like going to a (laughs) bar and drinking beer and looking at naked women. I mean, you're getting exactly what you pay for. Maybe you're thinking a little high of yourself. All right. Just because you give a woman a dollar because she's dancing and is very attractive or whatever, even if she's not very attractive. She's getting naked, and she's dancing. She doesn't owe you a handy in the parking lot. Who the hell are you talking to here? What do you think of yourself? that strippers are going to fall in love with you nine times out of ten, 99 times out of 100, 99, 999 times out of 1,000. More than that, infinitesimal. You'll find a soulmate before you find a stripper to fall in love with you. If you can find a stripper to find, fall in love with you, you're a god. All right, And I know a couple of gods. Oh. I'll just say that.
0: <laughs> Oddly enough, I've lived with two. I'm
1: just saying you know, did they fall in love with you?
0: I'm not the stripper.
1: Uh, no, that's what I'm saying. You've lived with, t- oh, two gods? Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying, you know, guys who go to a strip club thinking that she's going to fall in love with me, man, why are you going to a strip club looking for a girlfriend? Why aren't you going to a strip club looking to drink beer and look at boobies? Because that's why you're there if you, if you honestly, you have some weird high moral opinion or a high immoral opinion (laughs) of yourself you think, you know, that what you got going on is so awesome that giving a girl a dollar while she's dancing for your entertainment is going to make her fall in love with you. Fuck you, man. You're a dick. You're not there to partake in them like a buffet. They're human beings. You're the same guys who don't get married because you're like, well, it'd be like having the same thing for breakfast every morning, except that those are fucking eggs. And that is a human being. Kiss my ass. Sorry. <laughs> I go a little off the reservation there. No, that's cool. My bad. My hey, inner, hey, my inner feminist came out. Hey, I, hey. I love strip clubs and my inner feminist, came, feminist <laughs> came
0: out. It it is, it is a little funny that you mentioned buffets and strip clubs, because apparently in Canada those exist. Oh, oh yeah. Strip no, no, clubs no, they're buffets. They're everywhere.
1: Uh, in, uh, in Florida, there's Café Risqué. You'll see the signs all the way up and down, uh, I believe it's uh, 95, heading out on Florida. We dare to bear all in 75. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, I've heard two different exp- I've never gone to one but I've heard two different, you know, experiences, one from the very positive and one from the very negative. Um, you know, <laughs> one was like they've got great breakfast. Yeah, that's okay. And the other one is, you know, uh there ain't nothing I want
0: there, including the eggs. <laughs> so Yeah, some friends of mine found found a few of those up in uh up somewhere up in Canada. Oh yeah. I was like that's an interesting concept.
1: Oh, there, are, there, are, there. They have uh, breakfast. I've seen strip clubs with be- breakfast buffets and lunch buffets. Uh, there was one in Indy that uh, some people I knew used to go to for lunch and have the wings. They were a construction crew. They didn't get much done in the afternoon, but <laughs> especially after splitting a you know wings and some you know a pitcher or two of beer, all of a sudden, uh, hey, we could go back and work on a house or boobies. Yeah, that didn't seem like a really hard choice. So yeah. nice. I want to go to the Old Country Buffet of Strip Clubs. No? Do they have those up here? Never mind. I'll take that back. I rescind. I want to go to the Shoney's of Strip Clubs. They have those up here, and there's a buffet. The Golden Corral of Strip Clubs. Oh, that's impressive. Somebody's grandmother's stripping there right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, don't awe me. If Helen Mirren, she's somebody's grandmother, she was stripping, I would pay whatever. I would pay whatever to go watch Helen Mirren strip. That woman is ungodly hot. Right, I'll give you that. Anyway, just to get back to objectifying women instead of being. (laughs) I would not expect anything of her, though, except to see her naked if she were dancing at a strip club. I'm I'm an objectivist. Fair enough. I have you. You have a show and I've just ruined it. I'm sorry. I took a big old poop on
0: your show. (laughs) uh <laughs> see Mikey like he doesn't want to talk to you because all, all kinds of all kinds of things come out when we start talking yeah you. it's great
1: though uh, well i hope so i hope this is riveting audio <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm i mean i'm hoping so too we're still we're, we're still figuring we're 20 something episodes and we're still figuring it out but uh, uh, we're yeah, still but having
1: fun the first five episodes of pretty much any show uh are them trying to find their voice, you know? Oh yeah. So you either really like it and then get disappointed when they get in their stride or you really hate it. And then once they get in their stride and you're like, well, why wouldn't the first five like this? <laughs> well,
0: I, tra- Tracy and I actually, at the first couple of episodes, um, we were both so nervous. We were drinking heavily just to, just <laughs> to calm ourselves down. Um, and then we d- discovered not so much that like we were like, we sounded bad because we were drinking, but caffeine worked a lot better for us. Yeah. Like, like, I start kind of spacing out on 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 beer <laughs> which doesn't work well when I'm supposed to be helping support a conversation She's going Andrew <laughs> Andrew <laughs> yeah um, however, when I'm sitting there pounding a red bull or, or a monster, I'm a lot more focused on the conversation That's great say something else <laughs> why aren't you guys talking at the same speed I'm talking about what's what's going on God. Yeah, no. Um,
1: it's time to find a happy medium, <laughs> and I think that happy medium is Jaeger bombs,
0: <laughs> <laughs> vodka, Red Bull.
1: See, I'm just saying nah, those are all bad ideas. They're all horrible. <laughs> hor- don't do that. None of that's a great idea.
0: It could be worse. We, we've also learned my my writing, my creative writing process. Yeah, is uh, to get a basic idea in my head, then imbibe as much caffeine as physically possible, and write till my brain stops. Okay. Which is really not the healthiest idea.
1: Ernest Hemingway's was to get as drunk as possible and then write until he passed out.
0: It actually worked for Hemingway.
1: It did. (laughs) Maybe you're doing it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe we just haven't seen the payoff. Maybe the next Hemingway is you. Stay away from shotguns. But, um... (laughs) Actually, I think it was a pistol. I'm bad. I'm horrible. You could be the next Cobain. Yeah,
0: but the shotgun was Cobain. (laughs) At least we're on the same wavelength here.
1: Speaking of alcohol, uh, no. Uh there's a drink here at the con named after me, and it was last year, and it was very it's the Mikey Mason. Yeah, it was, it was delicious. I walked in and it walked around the con saying, uh, have you had Mikey Mason in your mouth? You need to. And uh but I did. they have a they have a Mikey Mason this year and it's not that fruity amazing drink. It is a it's basically a white Russian with like, I think a little sprite in it, so it's kinda of like a YooHoo white Russian. It's awesome i like it it's very different though uh, i didn't think i would like it watching him mix it because uh, i'm not a big white russian fan or whatever but it's kind of like white russian yoohoo it's very uh, sparkling and effervescent white russian <laughs> or caucasian if you're a fan of the dude
0: yeah, I was thinking like, it's, like, it's like usually i start drinking white russians after watching the big lebowski it's
1: a it's a bubbly ca- it, it's a bubbly caucasian is what it is is what i would call it it's nice it's a paris hilton no um <laughs> it's a sparkling caucasian but um so that's there. And then there's a Mikey Mason burger this year. Ooh. So I can literally tell people to eat me. and uh, <laughs> But the first person I saw eating a Mikey Mason was this, like, nine-year-old girl. And then I felt bad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm like hey I'm in her mouth I'm going oh, to shut the, up now Oh no
1: Cuz Nerla says hey you got some Mikey Mason in your mouth There's a little Mikey Mason on your She's 9 years old I'm like hey you get I'm is, that the, a uh, <laughs> is that a good burger Is that it's a good burger isn't it Awesome enjoy your burger <laughs> I just you know also no I'm a douche. I don't want to Oh no I'm a duke I'm a duke that's what it is the H is silent and the C is hard I'm a duke <laughs> Um <laughs> No. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I'm a Duke bag, is what I am. There you go. A Duke nozzle. I have stuff I want to. Uh, I mentioned beer powered time machine, right?
0: You uh, briefly. So why don't you tell us a little bit more? What's going on with that?
1: I'm restarting beer powered time machine. Um, it was around for a little over a year. Uh, it's a it has traditionally been a uh, celebration of good beer, storytelling, and personal histories. So we drink some good beers. That's a very minimal part of the show, although it's the fuel. And then we talk about, we tell true stories uh, from our past, impromptu. You know, they're not rehearsed. We tell true true, true stories from our past, and usually they're very funny. Sometimes they're poignant. But it's the best part of a party, man. It's uh, and I know we're gonna do some slight format changes. I can't comment on right now. Okay. But uh, there's still gonna be beer and there's still gonna be storytelling and there's gonna be some other stuff thrown into the mix. Um, and, and I still maintain it'll be the best part of a party. It'll be you know uh, after the after everybody knows everybody else's name and before the cops get called. You know, where you're nice. sitting around and you're telling stories and somebody will say, uh, well, so the, the, the show runs where there's a theme for each episode or whatever. So today we're going to tell stories about blah, blah, blah. All right. So it can okay. be cats or whatever. So the first person tells a story, uh, whoever volunteers, tells a story about cats. All right. And the second person to tell a story can tell a story about cats or anything that was triggered by anything the uh, first story said so anything that said that reminds me of a story about blah 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 fine it's, okay. it's fair game it's very stream of consciousness um and uh i will you know i open the doors to the beer powered time machine to anybody who wants to be on there are two rules to the beer powered time machine first you have to tell at least one story and second you have to be completely honest while you're on the beer powered time machine so um while you don't have to give names or anything Uh, about people in stories. If you're telling a story, it has to be true and it had to have happened to you. It can't be like my brother's friend's cousin at camp said that he saw a guy who blah, blah, blah. It has to be, I saw this happen or I experienced this or this happened to me. And and when you're talking about the beer, you have to be brutally honest. If you don't like it, say you don't like it. I want to know you don't like it. You don't have to be uh, pretentious. You don't have to know beer terms. You can be like, I taste ketchup. I don't like it. And that's fine, uh, which was actually when I was on the good beer show was something, you know, where I drank my first sour ale and it was very vinegary. So yeah. it was sweet and vinegary and a little sour. And the only thing I had to compare it to on my palate was ketchup. And I said, it tastes like ketchup. And I was so made fun of. They started calling me the beer tard and uh, which was fine. I accepted it as a name. I don't <laughs> care, whatever. My goal was to learn and I got ex- right. you know exposure. And that beer was Moxie. I remember it was a beer called Moxie, but, um, but yeah, it tastes like ketchup. And, you know, and and they all had a great laugh because they had these sophisticated palates and terms and ability to talk about beer that I didn't have. And I don't care. I'm not going to laugh at you for saying it tastes like ketchup. I will go. Oh, I will try and find the ketchup in what I'm tasting to see if I can agree with you. If I disagree with you, I'll tell you that. But I'm not going to laugh at you. Most of the time. Okay. But if you tell me a story about a ghost appearing, I will be as skeptical as a
0: motherfucker can be. I'm sorry. I don't believe in ghosts. Good to know. Just the ones you bring. So um, when, when do you think Beer uh, Power Time Machine is relaunching, well, like, already, time frame wise?
1: Um, I would give it another month before it's up, but it, yeah, it could surprise us all and be up before then. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I want it to be fairly timely, um, so when we talk about it, there's going to be some current event stuff in it. So when we record an episode, it's going to happen that week. It's going to launch that week. Okay. Uh, but I'm also, I have my recording equipment at cons and wherever I'm on the road, so if I'm in a comedy club, so I can uh, sit down and drink a beer, or last week I drank some Jim Beam with uh, Rich Sigfrit and he told some stories, and uh, we laughed a lot, and we were supposed to just sit down for like 10 minutes and tell a story, and we were on for like 45 minutes. <laughs> nice. And, because uh, that's the way, you know, it works. All of a sudden, it's the best part of a party, man. Yeah. And then I went out and uh, finagled my way into a an audiobook narrating gig, day drunk on Jim Beam. After well, oh, by that's another thing that's going to happen very this year. Very cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just happened very spontaneously after that, and uh, I can't tell you the book or the author yet. There's been no contract signed. It's um, but it's happening. We've we've done the handshake agreement. Very awesome. And I'm uh, I'm recording an audiobook uh, as a narrator and and producing it. And then it's going to be submitted to
0: uh, Audible. Very nice. You'll have to let us know once you actually, you know, contract something. You can let us can let us know, please. Oh, I please will. Bear. And
1: it's a great book too. It's a uh, it's uh, I, I, but I can't tell you about no, it. No, it.
0: I understand. Understand.
1: It's a book that caught me off guard. You know, it was per, it was on the periphery of the stuff that I thought that I think personally is cool. Um, and then I started reading it, and it engages me on a different level than I thought it would. So that's always a wonderful surprise on, Very a, nice. on a on a different. Uh, intellectual alternate history kind of level you know it punched me in the in the nerd bags is what it did which
0: is cool so uh so where can where can people find uh find your music at
1: you can find my music at mikeymason.com at mikeymason.bandcamp.com on youtube you look up mikey mason or squedge s-q-u-e-d-g-e long story with no real payoff So <laughs> I did digital art under that name around the year 2000. So if you find some really bad digital art of superheroes, you know, comic book photo manipulations of bodybuilders or actors in superhero outfits with the word squedge underneath it from comics to film dot com. That was me. Um, I was a mediocre photo manipulator, but uh, a wonderful participant. Um, and it's a, you know, volunteer. Find what you like and volunteer as a way to get into it until you're good enough to get paid for it and then by god get paid for it nice um so yeah oh youtube uh undersquedge you can find me on facebook at uh, comedy Rockstar. follow me on facebook one of the songs that i wrote uh came from a facebook post um it was at like nine thirty in the morning tidewater brown coats dave cato posted uh <laughs> posted a line uh that you know, a very, he posted out on the road today. I saw a Brown coat sticker on a Prius hatchback. I think he said a Firefly sticker on a Prius hatchback. I changed it to Brown coats, but, uh, and then we all, a uh, bunch of us just started hammering lines out. And so probably a quarter or a third of the song got written, uh, Brown coats of summer, which is Don Henley boys of summer parody. And then, uh, that was 9:30 or 10 by 12. I had the rest of the song written, the song recorded and the song posted and available for download for free. Um, because that's kind of how things happen sometimes it was just a fun and wonderful experience but that's why you should be my friend on facebook Um, so comedy rock star on facebook comedy rock geek on twitter because i like to
0: think keep things consistent and easy to find (laughs) (laughs) we 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 got uh, we got lucky with therefore a geek nobody had taken like any of it yeah well i was comedy rock star on uh on twitter for a while
1: but uh a lot of uh celebrities will not interact with you if you're comedy rock star comedy rock geek is fine but comedy rock star has this level of pretense to it that they are not willing to accept wow that's interesting and I still uh, I still you know battle with my intro when I'm doing uh, when I'm performing is comedy rock star I just want them to say you know they they say well how do you want me to introduce you I say just say comedy rock star Mikey Mason and so they can't do it they, people cannot do it. They can't wrap their heads around it. It's five fucking words. Two of them are my name. One right. of them is technically, you know, two of them are technically one word. Rockstar could be one word, right? right? So technically it could be as little as four words, but they can't say comedy rock star Mikey Mason. They ever have to say he's a self-described comedy rock star, or they have to use self-described or self-ascribed, or he calls himself a, and that takes all of, all of the pomp and circumstance out of it it's like he calls himself a doctor fuck you people just read the goddamn intro just saying and then they kick or or they'll say the rock and roll comedian mikey mason or the comedy rock and roll rock and comedian rock star of comedy or or they get my name wrong mickey mason if i ever find mickey mason i'm kicking his ass (laughs) that son of a bitch is taking more of my work (laughs) Um, or Mickey Manson or Mikey Manson, or, you know, I'm like, Jesus, just look, I'm going to write five words down. Keep them with you. Don't think you can memorize them. Read them just like this. Don't say anything fucking else. And then they're going to be like, you're a prima donna. You're a control
0: freak. And I'm like, I just want you to say five words. (laughs) I I don't think this is an unreasonable request. Really, This
1: is not, you know, I'm not saying read this page and a half in, you know, eight and a half times new Roman font, (laughs) (laughs) you know? here's a magnifying glass. This is fine print. Get this. No comedy rocks. Anyway. So yeah, I
0: think we've established that I'm a dick. It happens. <laughs> we like you though. So, you know, awesome. So uh, wrapping things up here a little bit, Mikey, what have you been into uh, lately? Um, well, obviously I'm doing the, uh, audio thing. My
1: goal, uh, I have goals by the end of the year to be published, uh, as an author. Um, at least in a short story format, I uh, have been dabbling with the idea of web comics. Um, I've been dabbling with that idea for a long time, but I've been dabbling a little more seriously lately. I do love, I do love some web comics. Yeah. Oh, and the problem is there's so many good ones out there that I kind of have to feel like, you know, you have to work up your courage to say, I'm good enough to compete with you right. know, this stuff. And I, you, then you have to throw it all away and say, well, I'm not competing with it. I'm just offering something else. In Joining case the community. It. Yeah, If I if they like it. Um, if they like what I do, great. And if they don't, I understand. Um, I've been doing a lot of art lately. I sold my first art prints. I had my first art show at the end of, uh, 2014.
0: Saw that. Yeah, saw that on Facebook. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank
1: you. And, uh, so I'm going to start uh, bringing some art to cons. Um, and I'm trying to make stuff happen this year. Cause I'm, uh, you know, I turned 42 in December and, uh, you know, I don't have a 401k. I don't have a retirement plan. I've, you know, mortgaging my kids' future on this comedy rock star bullshit. So something's got to happen this year. I think I'm going to end up in a day job by 2016. Because <laughs> I want a, I want my kids to, you know, have something when I'm right. gone. And... um so I may drop down to part-time in 2016 if I can't kick something off. But that's on me. That's not anybody else. My job is to make stuff that everybody else wants to consume. So, it's you know, it's not a guilt trip. Oh, feel pity for me. Don't feel pity for me. If you like what I like or if you like what I do, tell your friends. And if you don't like what I do, you know, uh, uh, blame Andrew and Tracy. <laughs> If you don't like what I do, unsubscribe right now from Therefore I Geek and uh, right, right Andrew, you got my back here, right? Uh, wait, wh- where am I? <laughs> Have you been drinking again? Uh, you drifted.
0: I'm a hostage. <laughs> Send help.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's it's you know lots of irons in the fire this year. I'm just trying to to make I'm pushing art out my art sphincter and uh that sounded wrong and where is the art finger located uh just it's it's the art hole what <laughs> <laughs> you know where your art hole is it's just above the paint <laughs> Taint, paint paint <No>, never mind <laughs> uh, <laughs> so all right uh, that was a genuine laugh i like that, that. was really good i really enjoyed
0: <laughs> that was good so, yeah,
1: you can find me on online at MikeyMason.com. Uh, the most important part of MikeyMason.com is the schedule, so you find out what I'm going to be. You need to come see me live. I am not your average funny guy. I don't normally toot my own horn like this. It's hard. I'm a very introverted extrovert. Um, I'm a very shy attention whore. So um, I don't believe a whole lot in, it, in tooting my own horn, but I have to change that because um, uh, I've got to, you know, my, my goal was to get legions of fans to toot my horn for me, and I've got some... I've got I've got pockets of fans, which is a weird thing to say. It's right. I'm, I'm very self conscious about that because I sound like a self aggrandizing ass bag when I say it, and I'm I know that. Trust me, people listening, I know I sound like a self aggrandizing ass bag when I say that. But it's bizarre because I actually have fans, and that's an awesome feeling. They make me beards and shit. They bring me doozers. They bring me keychains from South Dakota. They post pictures of themselves holding signs with my lyrics. Um... They retweet my uh, my pictures of my birthday cake until they get on Think Geek and that go then it goes viral and all of a sudden twelve thousand people are commenting on a cake and my wife is getting a big head, I mean it's awesome. <laughs> By the way, I had a if you saw the birthday cake on Think Geek that had the uh, the that looked like towels with the don't panic uh, Hitchhiker's Guide on top of it, that was my birthday cake. That was taken at the nice. Fickle Peach. That, Very nice. Yeah. So. Uh, I get to hang out with burlesque dancers. I'm a lucky guy. I'm not bitching. But uh, this year, we're going to make something happen. It's going to be a special year. And if you like me, share me with your friends. And if you like therefore i Geek, share it with your friends. And if you don't, why are you listening?
0: They may be hostages, too. They're hostages, too. <laughs> <laughs> They're putting the lotion on its skin. <laughs> well, otherwise, they get the hose. Right. The hose, is, the hose is, is not desirable.
1: No, 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 no. So... Yeah. Wow, I think I've uh, I've brought your show to a standstill, sir. It's
0: all right. Well, I think we're, we're we're pretty well wrapped up here. Sweet, cool. But, uh, you know, once again, Mikey. Thank you for coming out. Well, actually, I'm coming. But, I mean, thank you for coming on the podcast.
1: <laughs> I'm coming out. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I am a non-practicing bisexual. You heard it here first on Therefore I Geek.
0: Okay. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, well, we appreciate you coming on the podcast and and uh, you know trying trying again after. Uh, after our little uh, audio mishap the last time,
1: you've got your recording on a computer and a backup device. And I swear uh, to God, if, if <laughs> somehow this doesn't work, doesn't we're work, done. It's not
0: meant to be, brother.
1: Yeah, and get well, Tracy. Uh, yeah. Uh,
0: so, so once again, if you're liking what we're doing here, uh, make sure you go to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review. Head on to thereforeageek.com, facebook.com slash geek. You can follow us on Twitter at Therefore geek, or Tracy is at Mary Eyes. So, I'm Andrew. I'm Mikey. And you've been listening to Therefore I Geek.